0: A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for the Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hey,
1: everybody. We got a new contest for you over at the Hockey Podcast Network. Want a chance to win $200? Listen up. Join us in the first annual THPN NHL Draft Lottery Contest. So with the playoffs just around the corner, so comes the chance to see where the teams sit in the draft lottery. THPN has teamed up with Tankathon and Cool Hockey to bring you another great opportunity to get some free merch. Rules are pretty simple, so here we go. Step one, head over to www.tankathon.com slash NHL and click Sim Lottery. Now, folks, you can resim the lottery as many times as you would like to get what you believe to be the actual NHL draft lotto outcome come early April. Step two, when you get what you believe is the winner, screenshot your top 15 outcome and post it in the comments for the contest tweet found on the THPN Twitter account. Post your entry, tag a friend, and retweet. It's that simple, folks. Contestants must follow the following Twitter accounts: at hockeypodnet, at tankathon, at cool hockey to qualify. In the event of a tie, those tied will be entered into a draw, winner selected randomly. Only one submission per Twitter account. Contest ends April fourth. Good luck. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Devil's Advocates Rebuilding Hell Podcast, brought to you by the generous folks over at the Hockey Podcast Network. We have another exciting, informative, and well-fuck-it rant-filled podcast coming your way. Stay tuned, I hope you enjoy All right, folks. We're back again for another episode of The Devil's Advocates. Uh, it's me, Bayou Benders, joined alongside our amazing, completely capable uh, fact informant, just overall best fucking co-host ever, Shane Fucking Ryan. How are we doing tonight?
0: Good. I like how you know you called me. You've upgraded now, and I'm getting these compliments that I'm I got you, dude. We got, we got,
1: we got, <laughs> we got 13 more games. So every yeah. episode, we're gonna try. We're gonna to try to really one up the next Shane call out in the beginning.
0: Uh, we have like thirteen more games, but only oh shit, we only have like six episodes left.
1: Yeah, man, it, it, dude, I, I, it feels like yesterday when I was first, you know, my first episode, and I'm and I'm fucking claustrophobic. My hands are, my, my palms are sweaty. You know, <laughs> shout out to Eminem. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I know. As if we only have there's six episodes left in the season. mean yeah, season one for us.
1: Yeah, it's dude, I can't I really can't believe it. I I talked to Isha last night and uh I, I it really just it hit me right then and there that I was like, Wow, it's really winding down for towards the end of the year. Uh, yeah,
0: especially for us non-playoff
1: teams. Yeah, uh, playoff teams. You know, they they're gonna go a little further. And what's cool about this is is that the uh, they're giving you the chance to to continue if you want to. Um, but you know, mainly you'll probably get uh, as far as fans. You'll get a lot more from the playoff teams, um, and then you know, teams like this, you might get a, an update, uh, like a draft lottery update, and yeah, you know, maybe like go into that. that. You know, stay tuned to the other ones for for real. You know, playoff hockey, I would I would think, you know, I'm yeah. sure they would go deep into the playoffs. Uh,
0: also, uh, sorry, I kind of just drew a blank right there. Hey, bud, uh, it happens. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: also, remember, guys, it's a dollar a month for our Patreon account. Uh, we, I was part of the uh, Metropolitan discussion. I ragged on the Islanders quite a bit. Uh, that was a fun one with Grumpy Old Man and Hockey Troll and whatnot. But it's a dollar a month, and there's going to be a lot of content uh, being released onto that during the summer. I think a lot of the guys, like a lot of the hosts, are going to be on there and, and releasing content, and we'll be working together to kind of release content. Myself and Andrew, uh, who is part of the Broadway Boys for the Rangers, we have two episodes being released on there within the next like month. So again, dollar a month it supports us it it helps us know that you know that you guys are enjoying what we're doing uh so there will be stuff on there so you want to definitely uh uh write uh, subscribe to that uh i know hopefully uh by you and i can figure out a way to get some episodes on there to to have other hosts but definitely guys during the summer that's where you want to go that's where all the te- all the all the extra stuff is going to be draft lottery free agents uh trades all that kind of stuff pre-season predictions all of it
1: yeah and i mean i mean let's be honest folks like there's nothing that's really cost a dollar anymore you can't go to a vending machine and get anything for a dollar so just one dollar and you can get all this extra stuff you know like uh, you know they have all the all the uh, division uh, roundtable discussions. It's really ex- expansive. Like we we've done a Star Wars episode, like two hours of just hockey nerds that are just far beyond just that. You know, there's just shit in there that that is so more than just you know what what we can bring to the table here. And it, it's a dollar. You know, yeah. I mean, truthfully, what you might spend five dollars until the ne- until the season starts next season. I mean. Well, you know, if, if you guys want a little extra something, there you go. You know, five bucks gets you unlimited content for us right now. You know, especially during the offseason, it'd be great to listen to, uh, catch up on on other, you know, other aspects of this group. And, and not just that, maybe hear from another podcast you haven't listened to, you know, hear them in, uh, you know, intertwine with, let's say, Shane or I or, you know, Hockey Trolls, you know. It's just a great – it's a great – extra platform for this
0: yeah it's gonna be uh it's definitely gonna be interesting to see what happens but definitely definitely give us a shout guys definitely give that a a subscription so we'll we'll be keeping we'll definitely be keeping uh busy during the summer
1: yeah that's for sure there's no uh it's an off season for for some of the guys but a lot of us will still be hard at work making this uh one of the funner networks to be a part of and, and for the listeners um well, man, I guess we can go into it, you know. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, uh, we the last time we talked to you guys, we uh, we were with Tom, and we talked about the Blues game. talked about the Blues game so much, excuse me, that we didn't touch into the Rangers game, you know. So we had a back to back win. Uh, we faced the Rangers March seventh and had a six four victory, and uh, the second period was was really was really just all of us, just all of us. Four goals in the second period, just from us. So it was a good night for us. Uh, you know, except the, at the fact that we are trying to, you know, at least me and Shane are looking at it as uh, the more we lose, the better the better our pick will come. You know, we've already um, we've already submitted in understanding that we're gonna tank. We're not tank, but you know, we're going into a rebuild. So this would be our best option. Would would be to try to lose out these these last couple games.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, playing spoiler never hurts either. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you're right. And, I mean, uh, it was a good chance for, for some some more, you know, younger guys to get a, a little bit more playing. Uh, I mean, you, you get your typical, uh, you know, Paul Mary comes in. Travis Zajac had, had two that night, which was, which was really awesome. Um, uh, For the other team, Mika Zibanejad gets his 39th goal. He's been lights out. I mean, this was just a this was just a decent game. I mean, uh, our shots were were down, but we still were were capable of getting six goals up. You know, we got we got a, we were on the power play only one time, so I mean, we were able to get the power play. We got a power play goal out of it. So you know, we were doing the right things, uh, despite the the lack of face off wins and the lack of uh, being able to hold on to the puck. You know.
0: uh, sorry, just that a, I just saw a tweet. Uh, what you got, Jess, Jesse Granger? He uh, he covers the Golden Knights for the Athletic. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was talking to Riley Smith, who has played for who 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 came from Florida, and he was asked uh, on practicing in front of empty stands due the coronavirus uh, scares, and his response is beautiful. I've played an empty bu- I've played in an empty building for a couple of years in Florida, so I'm used to it. No.
1: Holy <laughs> oh, shit. Oh my
0: God. That is <laughs> ruthless. Man. Ruthless.
1: That's nuts. Uh but yeah, you know, with with the with the coronavirus, you know, epidemic that's going on across really, you know, worldwide right now. Um you know, we have two teams that have confirmed that they will not be playing in front of fans. That would be San Jose and Columbus. So any home games uh, between those two teams, you know, there will be no fans in the stands. And New Jersey actually put out a statement. uh, I want to say yesterday or the day before that, um, they they have not decided whether or not they're going to stop allowing fans to come to the games. But I think it's more of a precaution, uh, putting it out there into the You know, into the media, know letting them know that you know they are looking into it. They are taking the necessary steps to to see if this is something that they're going to be willing to do. Uh, Shane, how do you feel about that? You know,
0: I'm I'm so like torn by it because um, you have like part of me is like okay, like it's serious because if you have an autoimmune disease or if you're just not healthy in general, like if you have health problems, you are subset, Like you can have serious complications to it, but you can also have serious complications if you're in that situation with just a common cold. Right? Any disease can affect someone if they're already unhealthy in a way, like in a, in a per, like in a, a physical way, not like a, oh a broken bone. But if they have like, you know, an auto autoimmune issue, if they're on certain meds, if they're on you know blood thinners, stuff like that. Those people, if you have cancer or whatnot, those people are just like have weak immune systems and whatnot. Right, they can die from a common cold. It's that whole thing. Don't if you know someone who has cancer, don't go in. If you're feeling sick, and if you do, wear a mask and frequently wash your hands. So, like personally, I just I don't see it being that big of an issue. I think like this is just fear mongering uh, to to the max and you know the reason why everyone's so worried about it is because it kind of came out of nowhere like this isn't uh an illness at least from what i've been able to find that kills your autoimmune system it doesn't attack your auto like your your immune system or uh it doesn't attack your lungs uh without you know there being complications to it it's just if you're sick you know you're sick You know, you stay in bed a couple of days, you quarantine yourself for a couple of days, and you start to feel better, just like how you would with a common cold. At least that's my opinion, obviously, if people will have different ones. And if that's what you think, that's what you think. Uh, But I think it's a little bit ridiculous that we're talking about not playing in front of fans.
1: Right. Um, I mean, it's happened before in in other leagues. And um, I mean... My, my whole thing is like I get I get where they're coming from. They they're trying to not spread it, you know. Uh, I, I guess one would mainly be to like players and and you know team members and stuff like that. But I, I really think they should they should allow fans to go. But it's more at your risk, you know. It's like you understand that, that what could possibly happen. Don't come to the game if you're fucking feeling sick. But I, I don't think they should they should necessarily take away the experience from the fans. You know, so, uh, like some of these big markets that that are like really pushing for for a playoff. Um, you know that that must suck. You know, especially if if you got you're looking forward to this game. Like, say I was going to, you know, a Washington game in a couple of days, and they decided they're gonna they're not gonna let the fans go. You know, like, you know, I wouldn't be heartbroken. I would kind of understand, but at the same time, I'd still be mad. Like to look forward to it all season. You know, yes, it's not something that was planned. It, it's very sporadic, but I still think that they should allow fans to go. It's like going to a skate park. You know, you sign a waiver going in, knowing that damn well, if you get hurt, that's on you. You know, I think they should They should take the same strategy going into a game like this or going into the rest of the season with this possible outbreak, reaching fans at games. But, you know, everybody's going to have their own opinion. I think, I think they're trying to just be as safe as they can about it. But the amount of backlash that's going on, it's just kind of outrageous. Like, they're, they're an organization that can't afford to, one, get sued, you know, by a fan who says that they, they contracted it from, you know, while being at a game. And, you know, I, I get it, it. It just would cause legal problems. But I just think that, like, this stuff is just getting a little too much uh, media coverage maybe, and it's just blowing up. It's just wildfire fire right now, you know.
0: Yeah, so here's the thing. Uh, according to World meters for the coronavirus, it has a six percent death rate with just over just four thousand six hundred and sixteen deaths. There's a ninety four percent recovered discharge rate with sixty seven thousand. You look at the just the the seasonal flu. Ninety four thousand people have died from the seasonal flu so far in twenty twenty. So in three months, almost a hundred thousand people have died, you know, Uh, and we're freaking out of over 4,000 deaths. Right. You know, I, I just personally, it's hard to be worried about it when it's just like, you know, um, Yeah. I I get what you're saying. Like, like like it's not as
1: big as it's, as it is maybe in other countries right now, you know, like, 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 like ground zero being like China, you know, like,
0: like, according to this website, 1,110 seasonal flu deaths have happened today. You, you know, uh-huh. what's a bigger problem? I think we should it, make more of an epidemic suicides. Yeah. You know, or, or deaths caused by alcohol and smoking.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, uh, deaths caused by malaria or cancer, HIV and AIDS. Like, or even road track. like There's been so many other deaths that, like, I don't understand why this is becoming such a big thing. Right. I really don't. I. There's been over one million deaths of children under five this year. That's internationally. You know, I just, I, I don't know. I, I personally just. There's so many other things to worry about. Right. Yeah. No. You're, you're absolutely right. deaths caused by water related disease 163,310 311 now actually according to worldometer so these numbers are somewhat accurate like there's so many more worries than the coronavirus
1: no you're absolutely right it's just something that's new and you know how the media gets they just fucking blast it you know it Maybe maybe they're getting more f- funding for it. I, I don't know. I just think it's a little crazy, and I feel bad for the fans that that are trying to see a team, and they might not get that opportunity now. Granted, it's not the end of the world. You can still catch it on television, you know. But um, I've watched enough games on television to know that it, it's nothing like the real thing, you know.
0: No, not at all. But still ridiculous, and I don't I don't like it.
1: Um, here's a little news, I guess for uh, for the Devils right now. They've uh after 11 games being on the wing, they're gonna put Jack Hughes back on uh back as center. Um, his past 11 games, he's only had one assist in 11. And uh, I would think I would think that that probably came about because of uh, injuries and probably recent uh you know movements with the trade deadline. But he he hasn't been producing. I mean, as of late, it's been it's been pretty rough for Jack Hughes, but um, really sitting on the on the right wing has not been, you know, this man's bread and butter.
0: No, but I mean, you're in a situation where you have to see what you have out of him, right?
1: Oh, absolutely. If you have
0: a guy who can play wing and center, he's more valuable than valuable than a guy who can just play center. And right. I think you're also we're probably going to see sure kind of bounce to a, to wing, maybe for the uh, the next couple of games. It's just to see where they fit, and, you know, it also helps going into the draft because if you head into the draft and you're like, okay, I have two centers. You know, if you have two centers that struggle playing wing, it means you have to go out and get a winger. But if you have two centers who can play wing as well, well, that means you can go out and get another center. So it means that your your pool of available draft picks have kind of expanded. So let's say you know right now, uh, they're sitting, uh, you know, they're sitting. I think what seventh and tenth, on to, according to Tankathon. Yes. So, you know, you're the fact that you know Raymond will most likely be be gone. Uh, you know, the Tankathon has us drafting Holtz at sixth. And Askeroff attempt. 10th. Well, I don't think Askeroff's going to get picked. So, you know, we're probably going to look at Lundin, Mercer. Uh, you know, you have Jack Quinn from Ottawa. You have also Holloway from Wisconsin. Uh, Gundler. You're going to be looking at wingers. So, you know, we have probably four or five picks of a, of a prospect pool if they wanted to look at a winger. Uh, you know, that being said, with a lottery, you can get up there, get Stunzel or Raymond. Because stencil can grab a center and a wing, but if you have, you know, let's say we finish, we we go in six, and you feel confident that Hisher sure or and or and or Hughes can play wing, well, now you can get a guy like Rossi, uh, Perfetti, even though he's listed as a center, is more of a winger. So you add a in Perfetti into that, so you it kind of just increases your your prospect pool. If you you're like, okay, well, he can play center he can also play wing, but he's better at center. Like you try getting a winger to compliment him, but if you can, he plays and produces well in the wing, you can try finding a center. So it just, it helps with the overall drafting process too.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I don't think fans should really like fans shouldn't be sitting here being like, Oh, he's going to go to wing. Like, what are they doing? He should just be a center. He's played wing before he played wing in minor hockey. Uh, before making the transition full-time to center. And it's called versatility. Some of the best players have it. You know, Absolutely. Leon Joyce settles a natural center, but he plays wing. Right. Uh, so it's just – it's about being versatile. And the more versatile you are in the league, the better you are for a team.
1: Yeah. Um, and, I mean, you know, if if you guys check out the uh, – there was an article on it. Uh, at the very bottom, it does say, uh, you know – um, this is Hughes saying it, it's up to Naz. He says uh, if he wants to play me at wing, I'll play wing. If he wants me to play center, I'll play center. Wherever my name is on the board, that's where I'll play. Uh, you know, he said that he enjoys his time on the wing, and it doesn't matter where he plays. He's just happy to play the game. So I think I think that's I think that you're right. I think that's pretty awesome that they um, that because it's they're not they're not looking to move up anywhere in the standings or, or playoff push. So they're really getting a chance to to see where this kid you know if there's any. Extra, you know, natural talents land somewhere else. As far as uh, you know, on as a forward, I guess like it's awesome for him right now because it's it's almost like the opposite of like an Alex Galchenyuk, who got thrown in there no matter what, you know, at, at a random position. At least now they they're seeing, like you said, is he is he capable of playing a wing? Like that's so much that makes him much more of a dynamic player for this organization changing as far as what they're actually could be looking for in the draft with these picks that that we now acquired.
0: Yeah. And I think that's the thing is that for me, the thing is, is the, the one guy that I would look at for, you know, the devil's outside of the top 10 is Jack Quinn because he is probably the best goal scorer in the draft. He just—he seems to have been able to elevate his game this year, and if he can continue that elevation, he has the potential to be a perfect line meet with Quinn Hughes or Nico Heischer. You know, I think if uh, personally my my pick for for New Jersey, uh, as much as I like Rossi, I think you would be better off going for Jamie Jamie Drysdale out of Erie. Uh, he's a right-handed shot he would play perfectly with either Kevin Ball or Ty Smith who he has connection with through Team Canada Uh, I think he would probably be the best player for uh, for our team if we were looking at just where does he help us the most and I think he would be the guy to do it so if we're looking at a top five pick that isn't one or two uh, I think Drysdale would should be our best bet if he's available
1: yeah um i'll I'll definitely look this kid up you know I know a little bit more about uh jack but uh this other kid i mean it sounds like that would be a great a great shoe in as far as that, but uh we also have something else so our last game versus um against the the penguins we actually uh the devils called up uh matt Tennyson from uh binghamton he's been doing pretty pretty well uh for the for the Binghamton Devils. He's got uh was that uh eight assists, a goal in you know in twenty five in twenty-five games, and he's already played nineteen games so far this season. Um I think he's only got about three or four assists. But I mean this is a um excuse me, this is I mean this guy's you know, he, he's older, you know, he's twenty nine years old. But it, I feel like at least he's got – he's he can hold a, a spot. You know, he can hold a place on the team for now. You know, at the end of the season, it may be good to get some people, have some rest. We might not know if uh, – you know, someone might have a, you know, an injury that's, that's just kind of lingering around, giving them a little bit more time. You know, I just – I think that it was kind of a smart move to bring in someone uh, like that, maybe give, you know, another defenseman on the team who might, you know, might not be, like, publicly out, but, you know, might might have some, like, a hamstring issue or, you know, something that, that can easily start getting looked into and worked on now.
0: Yeah, and, I mean, when you're out of a playoff spot and you're not really going to make the playoffs, it's interesting to see what teams do in terms of roster management because you don't want to bring all your young guys up, right, because you do have an AHL team, and I'm pretty sure – uh, Binghamton has ha, is in a playoff spot, barely in the AHL. And if you guys don't know how the American Hockey League playoffs work, uh, the top four from each division make the uh, the playoffs. So as long as they finish top four, they've made the playoffs. And I'm pretty sure uh, they're sitting yeah they're sitting in a playoff spot right now. Uh, they're the fourth place in the North Division. They'll be playing the Belleville Senators if the playoffs were to start today. So you don't want to take too many guys out of that lineup uh, before you start making moves. So we're going to see maybe a lot of these older guys coming up instead of some of these younger guys who don't need to ex- be exposed to this kind of losing culture.
1: Right. Well, which I think, truthfully, like like you said, is, is a great move. Keep the young kids in, get them in. They might be barely hanging on to the spot but it's great for them to grow into this winning culture. Like, like allow their like they they've they've obviously have some type of connection with one another. So so keep them here. Let this you know this old vet he can go up because he's not really the person that that needs this these wins the, that needs these last couple games going into the playoffs. I think that's a small decision. It allows these young kids to to better improve themselves and get a, and get a, a first look maybe at you know this this new level for them, um, like a playoff style, you know, getting them that much more ready and developed for their chance at the NHL.
0: Yeah, basically. And there's nothing wrong with that.
1: No, not at all. Um, now, if it's a team that's not in a playoff run in the AHL, I would expect them to bring up, like, I, I would think this would be a bad decision. I think it would be smarter for them to obviously bring up a younger guy who's maybe going to get a, a, great, a great chance next season, you know, um, kind of like, what they did with uh, Cole Caulfield last year. Um, but, you know, that's just not the case with this team. So I'm happy to see, you know, these younger guys stay in Binghamton and, and really try to, to push for, for a run, you know, and call up these these older guys to, you know, give them their last couple shots. You know, this dude's, what what I said, 29, you know, playing in the – yeah, 29 playing in the AHL, you know. How much how – many, how many more times do you think he could get called up? Probably none you know, unless there was something dire.
0: Yeah, and I mean, it's also, you know, you have to base on how much they're going to be playing, right? There's no point in calling someone up if they're going to be playing like 10 minutes a night. Right. When they've been used to playing like 20 minutes a night in the AHL.
1: Right. Yeah, very understandable.
0: So I just, we have to get used to the fact that there's going to be some older guys called up, and that's just the way things go.
1: Absolutely. Um, But while we're still on the Penguins right now, you know, this was also, uh, this was back to the demoralizing losses, but really kind of where we need to be as a team right now. It was, a you know, we played yesterday, uh, March 10th. Well, it'll be two days when you guys hear it. So on March 10th, you know, it was a 5-2 loss. Uh, the biggest thing about this game is that uh, it was the last game for, uh, for Hughes to, to play as a right wing, and you can really see that when you look at the face-off percentages. We, we had 39. It's that's roughly around the numbers we had when he was injured. Uh, we only had 22 shots on goal, so it, it was a rough night. We did we did score in the power play once again, Nikita uh, Nikita Gusev uh, in the first period. So I mean, there, there were positives. This there, this wasn't a a total loss of a game because really, the more losses we get right now, the better outlook we have going into the draft. But you know, um, I guess I guess. You know, we're kind of back and forth. You know, we we get like two or three wins and then we'll we'll have a big loss. But uh Blackwood, you know, despite having a um a point 875, he did look good in this game. It was just um a lot of a lot of rebounds and a lot of screens in front of him. You know, uh the defense really wasn't I I, I can easily say just really wasn't there for him this game.
0: Yeah, we probably get used to that. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> But, man, you know, um, for a team that's really hurt being the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, I, I don't want to say I'm surprised that they're doing as decent as they are. But, like, it's really like – it's really lingering on, on these old veterans to keep this team moving around. Uh, you have Malkin Crosby and, even, and
0: Malkin, you can't count them out. Yeah, it's like Ovechkin, uh, it's it, – you just – you can't count them out as much as you want to. You can't do it.
1: Yeah, it seems like, you know, like even with age – coming up on them they will they they make these last minute moves these highlight you know plays that really set teams apart uh Evgeny Melkin had two goals in this game and even uh Chris Letang you know who used to be a dominant force for this team he's only got 15 this season but you know it's players like that that make the difference
0: 15 points or 15 goals
1: 15 goals sorry
0: that's still impressive for a defenseman.
1: Oh, very impressive, but <laughs> but if I'm not mistaken, I could be thinking of of uh, of another guy. But Chris Letang used to be pretty pretty lights out for this team. No, oh yeah, uh, a little bit. Uh,
0: he was probably the one, like, he was more of a two way guy than an mm-hmm. offensive guy. But like, yeah, Justin Schultz is really the guy that I think of when I think of like offense,
1: like an offensive defenseman.
0: Yeah, yeah, for for. Pittsburgh, at least. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, mean I'm, Chris, I'm
1: looking. I'm looking at Chris right now. Um, he's he's roughly been around the same numbers as far as goals, but uh, it's really his assists. So yeah, like you said, fifty he's,
0: multiple fifty points. He's on mm-hmm. pace for another fifty point season. That's respectable for a defenseman. Oh, very but very much so. Um, Schultz, though, I mean, first full season he had fifty one, and then it's just been downhill. But he's been hurt for most of the year. Yeah, which has been hard for him. I mean, it's it's been hard on that team. Period. Cow.
1: About about being hurt, you know. If,
0: how old these guys are?
1: <laughs> I know it's it's getting insane. But yeah, this this is uh, according to ice analytics. This was the the uh, the number one team affected by injuries to still have uh, you know a a positive season.
0: Huh, surprised Columbus isn't there. I guess because they don't know if Columbus is making the playoffs or not. Right. Because Columbus has lost like 300 games. Like, 300, uh, game, like man games.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm pretty wow. sure like Pittsburgh's up there too. Yeah. And both I wish I just had
1: there. these facts from like, I wish like ice analytics would just send us like faxes, like, like old 80 style. Just have like a little printer just with all these <laughs> insane facts that he's they got. Should just,
0: they should just work with us. We should get Ed to, to message them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. Just have them get on standby. Emails.
0: Just got to get them to send random emails every day to us. So we were up to date on all the random facts like man, games yeah. lost to injury and whatnot.
1: Because I mean, dude, they're wizards. They they literally cook the books and find just the most crazy stats. You know, um, like when I heard that, I was like, wow, that's that's insane. You know, you hear about, you know, a couple of injuries throughout the season, but you don't realize how how hurt this team has been over, over this one season. You know. Um, yeah,
0: them in Columbus have been ridiculous.
1: Yeah. And then uh, I mean I wouldn't say Arizona, but I would I would say if if you're looking at a gold a goaltending st- standard, I would say Arizona oh, yeah. probably has it the worst. I mean, you know, to lose all th- your, your your two starters basically, and then you get uh, Hill to come in. I think I think it's Aiden Hill. You have him come in, and then he even gets injured.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's been rough for them. It's it's
1: kind of been a very injury-prone goalie season. At, I mean, truthfully.
0: Oh yeah. Because when you start allowing players to run into goalies, uh, that's what happens.
1: Yeah. Uh, and, uh, in fact, the next team we're actually going into uh, is another team that's had a lot of issues with goalies, especially, you know, a couple weeks back with, with David Ayers, man. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, uh,
0: Marazic's back, though.
1: Yeah, Marazic's back, but is uh, Reamer, still out. Yeah, Reimer? Reimer.
0: He, he's out probably for the rest of the year. Yeah, I would think so. So – who is there? did they did they pick somebody up no um, they uh they call it, they called up uh they're both their age and they sent their younger one down hmm. i'm not even gonna try to pronounce his name
1: <laughs> that's fair <laughs> but yeah that that's another team uh uh sammy vanton still not playing i mean that's kind of understandable but like uh that that's another team that's really affected by injuries, but yeah, I guess mainly their, goal goalie would be there would be there. Well, they issue. lost their
0: two top defensemen. They, to, they lost their top hmm. offensive defenseman and their top defensive defenseman. That's yeah, hard so, to do.
1: So right now I'm looking at uh, you got Ryan Dezingles out. Uh, he didn't play uh Tuesday. You got Dougie Hamilton. Yeah, who but was, I think
0: he was a healthy scratch. Hmm.
1: What? It's, it's saying up on, on right here it's saying it's a upper body issue but i mean healthy scratched it could be you oh, know oh, no, on uh, anything Dougie hamilton's probably their, their biggest loss uh with that fractured fibula right, right now i mean shit when he's on it he's on it and but this team you know this is this is like another team that's that um i wouldn't say you have like all these like you don't have the sidney crosby of ganny Malkin combo but um you know these young kids like uh, Sebastian Ajo and Tivo Taravainen are really are really just just keeping this team alive and I just mean on the offensive uh you know front there are this whole team's doing a very good job um, at staying where they are you know as far as in the playoff run, but those two especially have been just on one as of late
0: yeah, hopefully they can get into the playoffs.
1: I mean, I dude, I really enjoyed their run last year. Uh, I mean, they just they just fell into Boston. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, they put up like what, like four four goals, you know, in the first game against Boston, and Boston turned around and won that game.
0: You the know, like, breaking news for Vegas. What you got? Max Pacioretty is out week to week with a lower body injury.
1: Don't fuck with me, dude. I'm not. Oh, no. I'm on a bye week right now. I'm on a a fucking bye week right now in fantasy, and he's like one of my top players.
0: (laughs) No. No, he's out week to week.
1: Oh, fuck, man.
0: Yeah.
1: That's tragic, and he has been so good for that team.
0: Yeah. That's crazy how no team has clinched a playoff spot like no team is mathematically that's right clinched now i figured so i
1: figured i figured boston would have clinched one the other day but that was just them getting uh the first to 100 100 points
0: i'm pretty sure 105 is the magic number for them mm. okay it's like Fuck, 105 got or me 103.
1: <laughs> Why? Because I'm I'm just thinking about like, man, I'm, I'm fucking on bye week and now the rest of my week I'm looking in the desert of of no, no one to pick up in this fantasy league to fucking match Max Pacioretty. Oh Jesus.
0: <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, it's rough, bud.
1: Um, <laughs> uh, well, I mean shit. Here we go. I I just did another Tankathon resum. You'll love this one. Uh. So the San Jose pick that Ottawa has is now in first place. Uh, Columbus uh, yeah. jumped up thirteen uh, to get the second, and then Buffalo went up four to get the third, followed by Fuck Detroit. <laughs> followed by Detroit, and then your Ottawa genuine pick at number five.
0: As long as Montreal is not in the top three, I'm okay. Jesus, stop!
1: Montreal is non, and then the New Jersey picks are eight and eight and eleven. So.
0: I just re- – okay, so I'm going to reset it. I'm going to reset it. I'm going to skim it. <laughs> I have L.A., New Jersey, Ottawa, Detroit, Ottawa, and then Anaheim.
1: Just a couple oh, weeks back, man, fuck. you were literally sitting at two picks right next to each other.
0: <laughs> I got Ottawa, Montreal, Detroit, L.A., I like Ottawa.
1: That. I like that. I would like that, but I could see us picking up, like, on oh, uh, byfield. New man. Jersey,
0: just Ottawa, noise. Ottawa, Detroit. <laughs> Whoa, holy
1: fuck. well, folks. I think that's the one I would submit if I was going into the tankathon, uh, cool hockey contest, <laughs> even though it probably wouldn't work. That would be the one that I would want the most, you know.
0: Yeah, I just swap like Ottawa's first pick with uh, the uh, Devil's first pick. They can pick second, we can pick first, we can pick one and three. That's fine. <laughs> Oh, I literally just did it again in Detroit, Ottawa, Ottawa.
1: (laughs) And I can't – oh, there we go, Law. Here you go. First and second pick, Ottawa, Ottawa,
0: Detroit, LA. I just got one, New Jersey, Buffalo, Arizona.
1: Oh, dude, you sent one early today, Arizona the first?
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's okay. Uh, So, guys, uh, for the listeners, so, you know, TSN released a – a graphic with uh, Arizona's and New Jersey's records pre-Taylor Hall j- deadline or pre-Trailer Hall trade and then post-Trailer Hall trade. And New Jersey has a winning record. They're like 18, 10, and three or something like that. Mm-hmm. While, New- while Arizona's like 13, 14, and like two since the trade. And so in our in our Slack group chat for the guys – we were just talking about it. I'm just like, oh, watch them get number. Like, just watch them win first overall. And so I literally went right after I said that. I went to Tangathon and did a lottery sim. And lo and behold, Arizona won first overall.
1: Yeah, uh, it was Arizona, New Jersey, Detroit, Ottawa, and then LA. Like, so that's your top off. And then uh, the the correct stat. I mean, you're pretty damn close. I I just happened to pull it up while you were talking. So Devils before the trade with 10, 17, and five with Taylor Hall. Uh, After it, it's the Devils are 18, 11, and seven. The Coyotes before it 19, 12, and four. And then after is 14, 16, and four. Now, granted, there's a lot of injury to goalies. I was really close. No, you you were pretty much spot on, dude. Great job. i'm sure you've just been ribbing the fuck out of people that's why it's still like pretty locked in you no
0: i mean i haven't talked about it today and i barely <laughs> talked about it yesterday inside of the group chat to to the coyotes podcast because
1: i mean yeah actually i saw a uh, shout out to sporty sporty podcast uh cory cory tweeted and said that she, people have been sending it to her uh often <laughs> she basically was stating you know um she was like, "Can you really fault? Uh, can you can you really base a team's misfortune on one player?" And that was kind of what she was asking her, her uh, you know her listeners. And I, I didn't get into the comments, but uh, oh,
0: I I I saw that tweet and I replied with, "Yes, when it's a oh, a man. player fact. When if you look at how like the pattern that where he's played in the NHL, where they haven't had success, he's just another version of Phil Kessel." He's not a guy you build the team around. He's just a complimentary piece and you shouldn't sell the farm to get him. And that's what Arizona did. He's not an eight million dollar guy. He'd be very I wouldn't even give him like seven. He's not worth it. He hasn't won shit. Right. His MVP like he yeah, okay, cool. You won MVP, but New Jersey barely squeaked into the playoffs. And it was, like, what, 2015-16?
1: Yes. Or I think New that Jersey? was that season. It was either 15-16 or 16-17.
0: I think it was 16-17. Yeah, 16-17. Or no? Uh, no, we missed the play. No, because that was the Nico Heischer. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it 17-18? Really? See, this is how forgettable the guy is. <laughs> yeah. So we, So, New Jersey made the playoffs. He had a 26-game point streak. And we made the playoffs by one point. If Florida lost one more game in overtime than they did in regulation, we would have been out of the playoffs because they would have had wins, regulation overtime wins over us. Like, we weren't that good. Right. Like, we were decent, but we weren't just – we weren't that good. And, you know, I think, you know, that says a lot about the fact that, you know, we – the very next year, we went from 97 points to 72.
1: That's nuts. Um, I think I think uh, <laughs> I'm looking at what Tom wrote. Uh, you know, just a quick shout out to Blue Notes and Tom Franklin uh, for being on a being on our podcast last episode. Uh, just a really great guy he has a great podcast at that. But uh, <laughs> he wrote that uh, you know, <laughs> they're drinking on the Yakupov juice and uh <laughs> i think that's
0: funny yeah i like how richie <clears throat> his, his his only response was a sad face
1: <laughs> yeah because it was it was tom tom hit him up again he was like i guess it's time to get my custom Lafayette yotes jersey uh Custom made by our friends at coolhockey.com. dot yeah,
0: This is literally <laughs> after I sent them my picture of.
1: Yeah, it is. It is dead right after, it. and you literally said probably why the Yost decided to protect that first. Figured they'd miss the playoffs and they would jump to first place. Literally.
0: <laughs> yeah, because he how...
1: sends
0: it. Because yeah, you know, when he was with New Jersey, New Jersey won. You know, two first overalls, and then when he was with. Uh, Edmonton, they won mm-hmm. three. He has one. He's been part of more draft lottery wins than he has playoff wins. Oh man! In his career, like think about that.
1: I don't. He, does he even have a playoff win? Did they get one with New Jersey?
0: Uh no! I think he got swept. I don't
1: think he has a playoff win.
0: I don't think so either.
1: Because I don't Ugh. remember Edmonton making it to the playoffs with him there.
0: They didn't. And I'm pretty yeah. sure New Jersey got swept out one year.
1: So he has zero playoff wins. Yeah. And he's helping teams build.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, you know, uh, yeah, he just – And the thing is, though, he's not that much of a goal scorer. His career high is 93 points when he won the heart in 1718, mm-hmm. 18 But his next best is 80. And that was 2013-14.
1: It's a big gap.
0: Yeah. And it's three years. Gap. Like, they're respectable, but I just – not worth $8 million. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, so, five games, he has six points in five games. So, we had one – one win. <laughs> and one, that was – he had one win. And he was a first overall pick. So, like, man, that's <laughs> – I don't feel bad. I really don't. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, we know Carolina is going to uh, – we know we know where that, that pick is going to.
1: Yeah, you think so?
0: Well, considering the fact that, you know, literally Nugent Hopkins, Yakupov, and then McDavid were <laughs> the three. And then Nico Heischer – he has played in as many playoff games as he has been on teams that have won the draft lottery.
1: Wow, <laughs> no, that's nuts,
0: man! Those late nineties, you know, going back to nineteen ninety-five, you know, Brian Berard, Chris Phillips, Joe Thornton, Vesa Vesalainen, Patrick Stefan, Rick DiPietro, Ilya Kovalchuk, Rick Nash, marc Andre Fleury, Alexander Ovechkin, Sidney Crosby, Eric Johnson. Patrick Kane, Steven Stamkos, John Tavares, Taylor Hall, Ryan Nugent-Hopkins, Neil Yakupov. Those are some big names.
1: Right. That's yeah, I, I just got the fucking – I just got the update on Max Pacioretty. Oh, God. Right. Oh, Jesus. Oh.
0: Uh, <laughs> um, no, I would say I feel sorry for you, but I really don't. Nah, I know. I, I know you don't. Bacheletti.
1: Me neither. Uh, I just kind of – you know I, I had picked him up one year uh when he was still with the canadians before he was the captain and he had a really good season Should've and never uh, been the
0: captain no he
1: shouldn't have um i think that was that was just the start of of the the fall of of where we were sitting um but That's uh Kane, he, go Terry ahead Man. Uh, yeah he did it's not much that man liked um I just basically picked him up. He was available. He was the best of, of the people that were, that were sitting. I think I got him pretty late, too. So, like, I was just like, why not, you know? Um, but I guess, dude, that, that really kind of sucks for, for Vegas, considering, you know, how well, like, Mark Stone's out was a really big impact for their for their playoffs. And now Patch are ready. That team's going to be – I mean, they, they definitely aren't going to struggle goaltending-wise, uh, but their offense really took a hit today. But um, the two – so there's two main new guys for Carolina – we'll go back to that real quick uh, – that were just added to this team that were pretty impactful in their previous teams. Do you think that they'll have a chance to be impactful into, into – is it – yeah, into today's game, which the list is, which is – I'll say it like that because that's when they'll hear it. Uh, Vincent Trocheck and uh, Brady – fuck, I can't pronounce it.
0: Shea.
1: Brady Shea. Dude, I wanted to say it and I was just like, I don't think that's right.
0: <laughs> so, see, the Shea one makes no sense, realistically. I don't I don't see where it makes any sense logistically, cap space-wise. I just – I don't.
1: Why he was brought uh, over?
0: Yeah, I really – I don't get it. Uh, he played like shit with the mm-hmm. Rangers this year, but I think it was just because he was disengaged and just didn't care. Right. Uh, Trocek, solid. S- probably one of the best uh, – Bottom six forwards that you can you can have, uh, going into the if you want depth, he's one of the best players to go to uh, when it comes to to depth. But I don't know how many of these guys are really gonna make a difference. I don't. I think Shea might. I think uh, Trocheck will. Maybe not this year, but definitely in the coming years because Trocheck's only twenty six. He'll be 27 in July. Uh, You know, he has two years remaining at a decent cap hit, especially with the cap going up. Uh, Shea's only 25. He'll be 26 in just under two and a half weeks. A decent cap hit for the next four years. My issue is, though, is that, you know, you have Hayden Fleury at 23.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, Having a decent season. I mean, you know,
0: he'll be 24 heading into next season. Uh, you've basically said goodbye to Joel Edmondson and Trevor Van Riemsdyk. There's very little chance that they come back because you have Dougie Hamilton and Bet- and Brett uh, Pesci coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're at least getting rid of Edmondson because he's a left-handed shot. So here, that's the thing. Slavin, left-handed shot. Shea, a left-handed shot. Flurry a left-handed shot and Gardner a left-handed shot right so four out of their their six defensemen that are under contract next year are left-handed shots and I don't know if if you want that like I don't know how comfortable you would feel having you know Gardner Slavin or Shea playing off their on their offhand right on a consistent obviously it's worked out for them um it's just I don't know. I think like Carolina. I think Brindamore could make it work, but I'm not. I'm not sold on it.
1: Uh, who who did you have them going up against if they made the playoffs? Do you remember?
0: Um, yeah, in my tweet. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I can bring that up for you. I don't remember it off the top of my head, but it's definitely here somewhere. Because I've been doing that a lot recently. <laughs>
1: Uh, and that's on your personal, right? The Shane Ryan, what is it, 97?
0: No, it's on the uh, the Frozen Biscuit.
1: It's on Frozen Biscuit?
0: Yeah, so they'd be going against the cap, So it'd be a rematch oh, of geez. last season. Right. Um, so I'm on daily face-off. And right now, they have Joel Edmonton, who is a... Is it a right shot? He's a left shot. So we have Jacob Slavin... And Brady Shea, both playing on their offside. Um, oh, and then you and I mean and He's he's an NFL, UFA, so he won't be here next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> you know you have Vant. Uh, so you have Shea and, and Slavin, playing on their their right side on their their opposite side. Uh, realistically, you're most likely gonna have next season. You're probably going to have those two Slavin move over to the left, Shea move over to the left, um, because you'll have Pesci and Hamilton back, obviously, and they're both right. right-handed shot. So you'll probably have Flurry and Gardner as your third pairing, or, and have Flurry as your your left-hand shot.
1: Right. Okay. So well, def- definitely definitely a team that I would still think is a challenge.
0: Oh, it's definitely a challenge. I mean, you know, that top line can score at will. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, Vincent Trocek, uh, Warren Fogle, and Martin uh, Nekas, Neskash, uh, is a solid two-way line. They just need to to start playing with each other more. Brock McGinn, Jordan Stahl, and Justin Williams is probably one of the best third lines in the game.
1: Uh, They're ranked number two right now on – yeah. Daily face off. So.
0: Yeah, they're and then their you know their fourth line of Nito Niederreier, Morgan Granke, and Jordan Martinook are uh, are right there at number two for fourth lines, and they have a number six first line. Their weakness right now is that second line at number twenty four, which
1: is still a very decent line, you know.
0: Yeah, bottom half of the league, but you're talking yeah. about a team that hasn't played like a a pairing that have barely played with each other.
1: Yeah. You you know, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. You're right.
0: So it's kind of hard to really get a, a good indication. <laughs> well, we should probably wrap it up. Yeah. Uh, we, <laughs> we talked a good bit. Definitely almost a half hour longer than we expected.
1: Oh Jesus. <laughs> well folks, uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we really pushed the bar today. Uh, we, we're, we're both a little tired, you know, this, this end of the season's coming up and we, we are, we are feeling it a little bit. Um, there wasn't a lot to talk about, you know, we've, we've only had really, if we didn't push back the, the Rangers, you know, uh, talk, we'd really only have the one game to talk about in between. So I'm kind of happy we did that and we were able to fill something out in between. But, um, you know, as far as me, you guys can always find me at Bayou Benders on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter.
0: And, um, Shane, where can we find you? Uh, You can find me at Shane underscore Ryan uh, 97. Uh, That's where all my other side projects are going. Uh, And then you can find me at frozenbiscuit92, and I'll be active on both accounts, mostly the frozen biscuit about playoff hockey, uh, different projections, winning percentage and whatnot. I'll be releasing a a, a winning percentage-based standings Report at the end of the season, so keep an eye on that. Uh, and yeah, uh, don't forget the Patreon up, uh, subscription only a dollar a month. And if you want to hear more hockey talk, run on over to the Hockey Podcast Network as well as check out my discussion with Andrew from uh, the Broadway Boys, it was a good one. And uh, we got plenty more for you for the last couple of months of the season.
1: Well, there you have it, folks. Uh, Shane's an excellent follow. Um, Excuse me. And so is is his other podcast, The Frozen Biscuit. Uh, The Ottawa Senators have a lot to look forward to, and Shane is keeping everyone updated with it. Uh, But on behalf of uh, the Devils, you know, we guys – we hope you guys have a a great weekend, um, and we look forward to watching tonight's game. So uh, let's go Devils, and you guys have a great night.
0: Have a good one, guys.
1: listening to the hockey podcast network on twitter at hockey Podnet. new episodes every monday and thursday download at the hockey or wherever you get your podcasts from